let me add it, I'll fix it. And that's who we are as veterinarians, but everyone is different. And we're not trained for each situation we're gonna encounter. We've gotta figure it out as we go along. Hey everybody, welcome to Whisker Talks, the veterinary marketing podcast. I am Adam Greenbaum, CEO and founder of Whisker Cloud. And today I have Gary Marshall, owner of Island Cats Veterinary Hospital up in the Northwest. How are you, man? Great, great. Although I'm not owner anymore, I sold my practice in January. So a little bit of change there, but I'm still working there, still plugging away. Awesome. That's actually something interesting we should talk about too, because I'm sure there's a lot of people that wonder about that a lot. In fact, I was explaining that process to my wife last night. Well, she's like, well, why would anyone sell their hospital? I'm like, well, there's a lot of reasons, but now (laughs) we'll just have someone who's recently done it talk about it. There we go. So you and I have become Instagram friends. And it's funny, I think I met you because of Bryn. And, you know, oh, brings yeah. a close friend and, and seeing you guys tag each other and all of that. And, and, you know, just following you on Instagram. And I, and I love the stuff you post. And I, sometimes I struggle with why don't more vets post like that and kind of give people a peek at what life is like in vet med. So I love that you do that. And we're oh, going to talk a little bit about that before we jump into all of that stuff. As you and I were just discussing before we hit record, I love Marvel. Yeah. So your origin story. Today was the season finale of Falcon and Winter Soldier. So we saw the new origin story for Sam Wilson's Captain America, which was very exciting for at 4 a.m. today for my wife and I. (laughs) What was your origin story? How did you find your way to veterinary medicine? That's a really good question. I know you asked that to everybody and they all have such great answers. And I don't have a, a big like, you know, the skies parted and this sunbolt came down or anything like that. But I know I was a little kid, like like so many people. I think I was seven when I decided that's what I was going to be. And one of the stories that comes to mind as far as, hey, this is something I, I might want to do, is when, uh, when I was little, and I'm pushing 60, so that's a long time ago. So cars were a little bit different. And, you know, in the fall and the winter, car engines are warm and the outside is not warm up in the Pacific Northwest here. And so there's a lot of cats that will crawl up inside those engine compartments just to get warm when the cars, you know, comes back into the driveway and turns off. My cat did that. And then, you know, I can't remember if it was my mom or my dad decided they needed to go back out, turn on the car and the cat gets uh, pulled into the the fan belt with the, uh, the fan blades there too. And so I remember very vividly, you know, seeing my beloved best friend that was uh, kind of opened up and intestines laying out and broken leg and whisking that cat off to the veterinarian and um, them having having uh, put him back together again and walking around with a cast for a while and and after a few weeks you know never skipping a beat and that was like wow people can put these things back together and uh, make them (laughs) as good as new and that really really stuck with me so I imagine that was had something to do with that origin story wow yeah, you know what's funny too is I'm from Las Vegas, Nevada, and the thought of cats outdoors, it never I lived in Las Vegas and I lived in Denver, now I live in California and, and my wife and her parents when she was growing up they had outdoor cats and it was it was like a normal thing. Was it normal where you were? Yeah, yeah, it wasn't um I only grew up with cats. We never had dogs and yeah, it was just kind of like they, you know, they head outside and we don't have 
Yeah, and we do have some, we do have predators kind of where I grew up, you know, some coyotes, maybe a raccoon, but they usually um, survive pretty well and they know where their food is and, and uh, do pretty well outside. Not as much, we don't see as many today, but there still are. Yeah, like I said, it was, you know, it was for me, I remember the first time my wife brought me home to meet her family in Long Beach and she said, oh, where's the cat? And my mother-in-law said, oh, she's out. She'll be back soon. And I thought, where is she out? Where do cats go? I was, I mean, I was weird. I mean, I was not a very young person when I was told that. And to be honest, I had never really heard a lot about cats being out. So say it's a real geographic and cultural thing too. Like if you're, if you've got listeners in, in the UK and stuff, they'll think like, why do people just force their cats to stay indoors? They're perfectly fine out in the garden. And, and they think it's weird that we, we keep them indoors and they're, you know, they're pretty happy outdoors, but definitely there's some, it poses some threats to the longevity of their life, but uh, they're pretty well socialized if they, if they get to be outdoors. Yeah. Our, our cat Nala, she's five. We rescued her. She was found alone in the, in, in the mountains of Colorado. And right before we moved to California, we found her and we, we brought her home and took her with us to California. And, uh, yeah, she's she's got some street cat tendencies and and she's uh we have two Boston terriers. She was rescued twice, both sent her home, one time for scratching a kid, another time for beating up the dog. And we wow. said, Well, we got, you know, she's seven pounds. We said, Well, we got two Boston terriers who are nuts, and and she's she the three of them together, it's, we may as well have three giant Boston terriers, so it's wonderful. She probably runs the show though, I bet. She runs our lives, our house. She, she yells when she wants to yell. I mean, she's, yeah. And it's funny. I'm not a cat person. I grew up with two cats. I'm more of a dog person, but it's cause you know, I come home and, and Baxter, my nine-year-old Boston her will literally dead sprint to me no matter where I'm. I mean, I take the trash out. I come back in. He's like, thank God, thank God I needed you. So you, know, <laughs> thought you were never guy. coming back. I love that story. I mean, well, I don't love what happened, but yeah, that's, uh, you know, it's, it's freaky too. When you were telling that story, I still don't do well with the blood and gut stuff. And just, another, it was like another reminder as you were talking that I never was able to pass any science classes in college ever. <laughs> and, and I just don't think I could have. I remember when we had to dissect the baby pigs back in middle school and it was yeah. like traumatizing. So I don't know how you do all of that. And for the rest of us, that was super, super exciting and the thing we were looking forward to. <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with the owl pellets, please. <laughs> so we sent a questionnaire before people are on. I don't prepare questions. And you wrote so many great things. And you wrote a few things that stood out to me. And you wrote one thing, and I'm totally skipping over other things you said because I was reading this and you know, I, I said, what's your least favorite thing about vet med? And you wrote the money, which I'd like to talk about. And you basically said what it costs to become a vet with student debt, the cost to provide care and infrastructure and building lease and all that stuff. Tell me about it. I own a software company in Southern California. I know all about that. But you wrote, you probably expected me to say something about balance, which I don't believe exists. Yeah. So before we even talk about the money and all that stuff, I got to know what you meant by balance because I have an unpopular opinion that I think we're about to agree on. And I'll say mine when you're done either way, but please elaborate. Yeah. Well, as veterinarians, we're scientists. And if we think of the term balance and what that means, it means that there's opposite things on two sides of a fulcrum and they have to balance. So one doesn't fall you know, and when the other one changes or anything like that. So when you have that that picture in your in your mind of balance, 
no matter what happens, it's never going to balance, right? You get a new dog and then your life changes a little bit to the life side and you can't go into work as much. And so it's out of balance and, you know, you get five new clients and they all want a little piece of you. And so you have to spend a little bit more time at work and not at home for that period of time. And it doesn't mean it's bad, but it just doesn't balance. And so when we throw that word around balance, it's a, it never quite fits. I like a different word way better. And that word is symbiosis. So I wish we could get people to kind of sign on. And there's a few people that are that are um, starting to use that word, but work-life symbiosis. Because I think what we want is we want our work life and our home life to complement each other, right? So we work hard so we can make money, so we can go on vacation, so we can have a nice place to live, so we can feed our dogs. And we, in our off time, we do all these things and then we take time and we recharge and we go do the things we love at work. And so we should have both and they should make each other better. And that's what I'd like to see as opposed to focusing on balance, which seems like it separates the two worlds, if you will. I'm glad you said all of that because, I mean, I really agree with that. And and it's, you know, I used to do a lot of public speaking and this is the second company I've owned. And I understand the work-life balancing. And I think that, you know, I can't put my shoe, I can't put myself in the shoes of a veterinarian. And I also think that a lot of people can't really put themselves in my shoes. And, mm-hmm. you know, my shoes, it's, it's really hard. And I think that I always say this to my employees and you might disagree with this. A lot of veterinary professionals might disagree with this. I, this is genuinely how I feel. And I don't really mean it in a way, but it's going to sound bad. You know, there's only one LeBron James. There's only one Michael Jordan. And there's only one, you know, and you can go down the list. And I think the thing that's hard for a lot of people to realize is a lot of people say, well, they were born with those genes. But there's a lot of work that goes into that stuff. And I've found in my life, graduating high school early with honors, graduating college with honors and doing all these things, you know, the more effort I put in, the better my life is. And I remember, you know, I remember being in high school and having a full-time job. I was the only one of my friends, my senior year of high school that had his own apartment. That's kind of crazy. And, but I said, well, you guys go to school I, I graduated early and I took, so anyway, to, basically to maintain my senior year, I took one class in the mornings. That was it. I just did one class and it was like an elective just so I could like see my friends go to prom and do that stuff. But I would literally go to this one class and I'd go to work. And then I had a job and then I had an apartment and I, and I had a car and you know, all my friends were like, wow, your life is great. I'm like, it's not, I mean, I did work over the summers while you guys partied so I could put myself in that position. And now I have a job and you guys go home and your parents pick up your groceries and I go buy my own groceries, but my life's pretty cool. So, you know, I think with a lot of vets and correct me if I'm wrong here, it's, you know, the more you put into your craft and your hospital and your team, the more you get out of it. And I don't necessarily always know if a lot of employees see it that way. That's a really good point. And it's different for everybody. And, and I think that's, you're not as old as I am, but you could pass for a baby boomer with just your, do you want to call it, I don't know if work ethic is a bad term nowadays, but with your drive to to work. and But you you do it because, not because you know somebody tells you you should or just only for the money and only for the prestige. You do it because you like it and you enjoy doing it. And I've heard on your stories before where you were doing stuff 
that sucked and you didn't like it and you didn't like going to work. So you changed it. And that's where I think it's different now that, that there's, and I can't put words into millennials mouths and stuff, but um, it seems like they are passionate about so many different venues and so many different things that they want to be able to do all those things and not, you know, put all their, their work energy into one thing. And, and I think that's really, really cool. And so getting to know like your workers are very different and some different things jazz them on different levels and trying to figure that out so you can keep them happy and then they're better workers and then they stay with whisker cloud longer and it all works out better so it's finding those differences with each different person and they're all different everybody's different and that's what's cool yeah and it's uh you know it's like i have hobbies that i love and i think and this again i every every week on this podcast i like listen to it afterwards i'm like I kind of came off a little weird and harsh there. You're right. So, and like, you know, you said about like, I sound like a baby boomer and my, my parents are from the Midwest. So it's just like, you know, I just have that like mentality that, and we've got family on the East coast. So it's like that East coast, Chicago, Milwaukee mentality. But you know, my wife and I love to travel. Travel costs money. It's expensive. We like yeah. to cook. You know, we like, you know, you want to go get good ingredients to cook. It costs money. We like to go rent boats and cruise around. Well, it costs money, you know? So if you want to do things in life, I like what you were saying earlier. You, you really have to work hard so you can go do those things. I would love to have a podcast because I've really gotten into it with Whisker Talks. I would love to have a podcast where I just talked about Marvel movies and shows, to be honest, because it's just, I don't, it's just stuck with me my whole life. But I would love to do that, but I also know that every minute I'd be spent doing that is a minute away from Whisker Cloud, and Whisker Cloud is my life. And but right now, right now it is. Yeah, right now it is. That's a good point, and we're gonna kind of jump into that as as someone who recently uh, sold his hospital. I'd love to talk about that too. But sure. yeah, I'm with you on like the balance side of things. It's you know you have to ask yourself. Who do you want to be in life? Not everyone. That's why there's only one LeBron James. That's why there's only one Tom Brady. You know, that's just, you know, well, you're in the Pacific North, Northwest. That's why there's only one Russell Wilson. But <laughs> yeah. uh, so, you know, you have to make the decision of the life you want to have and and some of the things you want to do. And, and we talked about this on an episode I recorded yesterday with Andrea Crabtree, which at this point will have already been live. But, you know, we just talked about growing your career and honestly caring a little bit more and caring about communication. So yeah, when I, when I saw you wrote that and, you know, and let's talk about what you did, write. You know, your least favorite thing about vet med is the money. And honestly, Caitlin DeWald was just on the podcast. And that's what she talked about. It's like, you know, at, at the beginning, the money sucks. You're in a lot of student debt. And then, you know, what you wrote about like HR and profits and infrastructure and building and lease. It's just so hard, but I, you know, I'll tell you, it's like, that's whisker cloud too. It sucks. Yeah. Yeah, it's running a business is not fun. It used to be different. And I think, you know, and I mentioned on the the student debt side of it for for veterinarians now, it's, you know, if they come out with a quarter million in debt, thinking about investing and putting the money in or even, you know, possibly getting a loan to start up a business or something like that is is daunting if it's if it's even possible. I remember when I started undergrad, tuition was three hundred and five dollars semester i think room and board and you know it was like a hundred bucks i lived in a fraternity you know food was there and so if you worked your butt off during the summer and i had a couple jobs taught tennis i just worked odd jobs here and there too um but you could make enough money to pay for your college at that time there's no way now i like to tell the story that i 
did the math, which I shouldn't have, when my daughter got accepted to Johns Hopkins and we were looking at the at the tuition, that one semester of my tuition when I was starting undergrad paid for one day of her education <laughs> starting college. And then you multiply that by a couple of kids, right? So it's just so different now. Uh, and that's, you know, that's everything on steroids as far as just the costs of all the adjacent costs with employees and the marketing, the drugs that we need to have, the equipment we need to have, or else we're not considered, you know, successful or a legitimate, you know, practice and those types of things. So it's just so, so different than it used to be. And, and I don't know that I was ever supposed to be, or should have been a practice owner in the first place. It was at that time, it was kind of something, you know, you were supposed to do. And so you strove for it and uh, things fell into place and you did it and you just kept doing it. And I kind of realized I, this isn't really what I want to keep doing once I started getting involved in advocacy for our profession, being able to mentor more and just getting networked and connected with so many other avenues. It's like, this is way more fun for me at this point in my life than running a business. So I want to jettison that so I can focus on other things. Cool. And so you've owned two practices, right? You bought the first one Mm -hmm. at 28. That's impressive stuff. Yeah, that was a dog and cat practice that that I started there. I walked in at 16 when I could first get a driver's license, drove to the local practice and walked in the door and said, hey, I'd like to work here. <laughs> and, and the vet said, who the hell are you? Forget that. But <laughs> what happened so often at that time was uh, his wife was the receptionist and she thought, oh, come on, honey, give him a chance. And so I had to work up to cleaning litter boxes, but that's when it all started. And I got paid $5 a day, but kept working there through college and vet school. And then two years after I graduated, I, I, I bought it. He was ready to retire. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's funny too. Like, you know, even you telling that story, like I, I took the job $5 a day to clean litter boxes. Like, I don't even think that mentality exists anymore. You know, when people apply here at Whisker Cloud, I think our team's doing a bunch of interviews with people this morning for a couple different roles. You know, no one's ever like, I just want to come in and learn. Everyone's like, yeah, I want this. I want this. I want this. I just graduated college. I mean, we, you should see some of the resumes we get. It's, it was just really, that was the first thing that popped in my head is we'll, we'll get resumes that say, I'll tell a quick story. Yeah. I got an email from a kid that was applying for a job at Whisker Clout. And honestly, the intensity that this kid was applying with, I wouldn't be shocked if he's listening to this podcast right now, even though Sweet. outside of maybe applying for Whisker Cloud, I saw nothing about vet med in his background. But, you know, he had said, I just graduated. I just graduated college or, you know, I, I'm graduating this spring, you know, and he and he's sends all over this great shit. And you're like, wow, this is the type of person you want, a young person who's this hungry. And then at the bottom, it, you know, it said like, I require a salary. And it was like 85,000 plus. And, and I was, I, I was just thinking like, who coached him to say that? I feel horrible. So, you know, our, our team that looks at it kind of just said, okay, well, you know, he's not right. He's applying for an entry level position. Anyway, mm-hmm. uh, he then emails me and he says, you know, Hey, how are you, Elizabeth, Sophie Baxter, and Nala? I'm like, okay, this guy's doing his research. Wow. He knows my wife and my pets and all that. And, you know, I, I talked to everyone. I looked at his resume. I said, listen, man, you seem like a stellar guy. And, you know, like this is what I look for when people apply here. But, you know, obviously your salary asks, this is a really entry-level job you're applying for. And, you know, we're not even in the same realm. And, you know, you know, go back and forth. And you kind of get to a point where you're like, it's not going to drop much. And you think like, 
how is he ever going to get a job? This, yeah. this, this, this guy is, seems like such a great guy He's very uh, detail oriented, but yeah. So, you know, when you tell me that story about, and by the way, it's like, you know, I remember my first job out of college. It's like I was making, I, in fact, I was making like less, I took it, taken a pay cut working in like the warehouse of clothing stores to go work at an advertising agency. Cause again, mm. sort of like you, I just wanted to get a job. This was a PR agency that get your foot in the door. Yeah. They'd never done social media. They'd never done web design and I did both. And, and I, you know, they were like looking for someone to help with digital stuff. I said, I don't have the experience you have, but honestly, I'm pretty damn good with web design and social media stuff. You should, you know, and you should hire me and let me kind of, and you know, I went there, I won multiple awards for us um, on the marketing side. And then I got a job offer for like a once in a lifetime job that I took. And, and it was sort of like your story is just because I was like, okay, I'm going to take a big pay cut, but this is, I need to sort of, I need to get on the right path and, you know, working in the warehouse of clothing stores, isn't the right path. Yeah. That's smart. And, but you know, it's funny too. It's like, and I don't want this conversation to go too far down this road because I talk about this on every episode. But, you know, it's like and literally every episode, if you're out there listening, I'm sorry, this keeps coming up. But, you know, I'm in these Facebook groups. I say this in every damn episode, but I'm in these stupid Facebook groups and everyone's so miserable and everyone says, I hate it here. I hate this. I hate that. But is it because it's that bad or is it because it's like, listen, you know, sometimes you have to start for five bucks a day and clean litter boxes or sometimes you have to go and take a massive pay cut and make, you know, and work. And, you know, I was hourly. I was breaking Nevada labor laws, working till 11 p.m., working for them for no money. But, you know, it got me in a position to win those awards. And then that got me noticed and I got the real job offer. So, you know, yeah, it sucks. Hey, you're our new CSR at this clinic. Guess what you have to do all day? You have to talk to people who are never nice for the most part. (laughs) They're always unhappy. And three dogs are going to piss today and you're going to have to mop it up. And that's your job. Like, but you have to do it. Welcome to veterinary medicine, right? Yeah. And I think I think there are some differences, whether it's veterinary medicine or whether it's generational or whatever, but the realities today are just so much different as far as, you know, I don't know about this one person that applied with you, but, you know, 85,000, it's like, is, is that their nut to crack? You know, they just need that to survive where they're living or who they're living with, or if they, are they taking care of, you know, they have responsibilities for other family members or this type of thing. And, and so, you know, I didn't have those things to worry about when I was, when I didn't have any, when I didn't have any debt and the money wasn't a factor part of it, but today with so much debt, yeah, I don't think they mind working hard. I don't think they mind getting dirty and they love all the stuff around that. But at the end of the day, if they're going more negative to do all that kind of stuff, it just doesn't pencil out. And so it is a bigger stressor and uh, something just kind of um, lurking around all the time today on some of these people. So I don't, I certainly don't, you know, our, if we want to call it, I've got air quotes here, work ethic at the time, as far as those decisions to, I'm going to do this to get ahead and to make that decision so I can either make connections, I can get the experience that those, some of those same choices aren't available to people with, you know, a quarter million dollars in debt getting out of, uh, out of vet school to start something up. So it's, I wish that part wasn't there, but it is. Okay. There was something I wanted to ask you at the beginning and I just have to ask, cause I find this really fascinating. So you said that you've never lived more than five miles from the house you grew up in, except for being away at college, which was still in state. Yeah. That, so do you ever think to yourself, I should have done that? Or do you, are you like, I love, I never wanted to leave. Oh gosh. 
I love to travel. I love other locations. I've always I've always loved coming home whenever I've traveled. And you know, it wasn't really on my radar. It wasn't an option. Well, I, it was an option, but growing up, it's like you know, I just yeah, there's just there's a state with a vet school and. In, in my or there's a school with a vet school in my state that's like let's just apply there i didn't even apply to multiple schools now it took me three years of applying to get in that's another story but but i don't know adam as far as um do i wish i lived someplace else i'm open to doing that but it just just didn't seem like it was the path everything was right here and i love being close to my family and and i had that job from high school that i that i was still anchored to and so when i was done with school they that was an option to to be there. And I just took it and just kept going. So was there ever a state, you know, I grew up in Las Vegas, which is a place where if you grow up and live there, it's not, it's a weird place to live. It's a weird, yeah. it's a really weird place to grow up, to be honest. And I mean, a lot of crime, a lot of, it's just an, uh, you know, it's like, you want to go to the movies, you walk through a casino, you want to go out to eat with your family, you walk through a casino, you go to the grocery yeah. store, there's many casinos inside, you go get <laughs> gas, there's casinos wow. inside. So, so it was just this weird thing, right? I was like, I got to get, I got to get out of here. And my, and my family, when I was young, moved to Denver, Colorado, which is how I ended up there. But for me, it was always, I'm leaving, I'm getting out of here as fast as I can. Uh, I didn't leave until I was in my late twenties, but I said, I got to. I got to go. And it's either Colorado or California. Now I've lived in both. Was there ever another state outside of Washington where you're like, I'm going to go there if, if, you know, if take all the other factors out, that's where I would live. Yeah. My sister, she's a year and a half older and she got a full ride tennis scholarship to University of Colorado back in the day. And that was pretty beautiful. And I had some friends that went to school there. So, you know, the Boulder area certainly looked like someplace that, uh, that I could, I could see myself living maybe uh near Hanalei Bay on Kauai that's pretty uh pretty dreamy and if I could make that happen that'd be great but I I haven't really you know kind of focused on this is where I want to see myself in the future besides here not opposed to it but my kids have have moved away from the area one's in New York one's in California and so it's I guess it's not too much in our in our family genes but it's just kind of where life kept me but maybe someday who knows years ago when my wife and i moved to california my in-laws we we lived with them while we were looking for places to live and and as a thank you for that and before we bought our house we booked them for christmas 2019 we gave them a trip to Kauai, which was canceled and then we rebooked and was canceled and it's now been rebooked and it's happening august of this year so i just i just wrote down Hanalei bay and I, it's funny, I just Google searched pictures. So if you're out there, um, it's like, these are the type of pictures where you look at them and you can smell it, if that makes sense. Yeah. Don't go there, Adam. You're going to move your office to Hanalei Bay after you see there. <laughs> it's funny. Like, I've thought about how could we get our dogs if we wanted to, you know, it's funny, like earlier in the pandemic, because we're, you know, Whisker Cloud, we're all remote during the pandemic because things got pretty bad down here in Newport Beach, California. And, and uh I was saying to my wife, you know, these Airbnbs and like Hawaii, they're like half of our mortgage for rent. Like, would it be crazy to just go for a month and work? And then I was like, well, wait, how am I going to get two 32 pound Boston Terriers from here to Hawaii? And there's, you know, I don't want to put them on planes because they're too big and I'm not putting them with the luggage. And then I can't really put them on a boat. But yeah, I was like should we, you know, and she was like, let's just go to Palm Springs. I'm like, no, 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 we're doing this. We're going to go to Hawaii <laughs> or something. I don't want to go to Palm Springs, but we're excited. That'll be the first trip in two years, basically since the last trip, which was Maui in 2019, 2018, yeah. maybe I don't know. It's been oh. a long time, but 
Yeah, I can hear it in your voice. I can hear it in your voice. And that's how I talk about our trips to Hawaii. It's always that Mm -hmm. like, oh, you have to see this. Yeah, I'll give you some other tips later off the air on uh, on Kauai and places to go and see. I've been there a few times. It's great. Oh, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, and if you're out there, you know, vet med, take these trips. I mean, yeah, it's seriously. I mean, these trips, I work no joke. I mean, this is not an exaggeration. I work 100 hours a week. I've been doing it for six years. There's no BS there. It's I don't sleep a lot. I, you know, most days I'm here around four. I, I'm typically doing stuff till midnight. There's breaks in between, but I mean, I'm a seven day a week person. It's just my personality. You know, I, and I, and I know a lot, a lot of people in vet med are identical to that. And it's just this, not always the healthiest or best trait, but you know, it's like trips like that. I mean, I, I, and I, and those are the types of trips when you take them, you kind of like, it kind of like lives inside of you for a couple of weeks where you're like, Definitely. okay, let me just close my eyes and think back to that. We went to a, there's a movie called just go with it and it's Adam Sandler and um, Jennifer Aniston. And my wife and I were watching this movie and we were cracking up and we've seen it a bunch and we had all these travel points. And I said, let's just look, do our points work at that hotel? This like the most insane <laughs> hotel I've ever seen. And the points worked at the hotel and the points nice. worked for flights. So yeah, we did that for six days, a couple of years back and it was all free other than the food, which was a billion dollars while we were there. But <laughs> like, you know, when the flights are free and the hotels are free, but even if they're not, you know, like, do you think that veterinarians do enough to, you know, you had said that you're, you like going outdoors and you like doing these things. Do do the vets that you know, and I want to talk about some of your colleagues and people you work with, do do they do a good job of getting away? Yeah, way better than I do. You know, I, I really want to kind of emulate uh, a lot of these, especially younger ones, a lot of them my age. Yeah, they're, they're working like, well, like crazy. And, and I'd like to be to be working less at this point. But yeah, there's so many. And I think, as you've heard, probably from all your other guests is that it's impossible to to find veterinarians nowadays. I don't know where they're all going, but I know a lot of them that are just changing their 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 lifestyle. So they're, you know, we're working crazy busy at clinics because it's so busy nowadays that they're finally just saying, you know, forget it. I'm going to become a relief vet. I can work two days a week, make as much money as I was making during five days a week, and then I can have these other days to do whatever, especially if they like go into ER or something like that. So they're changing their lifestyle to kind of work that symbiosis. It's like, it's enough. I got to change my perspective a little bit so I can make what I want to make so I can do these other things. And so I'm willing to, to shift that a little bit to accommodate that. And, but it makes it harder for me to, uh, you know, my, my goal was to sell my practice so I could work a little bit less. And truth be told, uh, my three doctor practice is now me as a solo practitioner. And because it's just so hard to find people and people are changing their, I don't know if COVID just did a giant reset on everybody to say, this is not what I was, you know, want the rest of my life to be like, and I'm going to change some things, but, but it's happening on a big scale everywhere. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's weird to me too, because I mean, even for us, it was called, it's hard to hire people. It is hard. And we hire, we've hired a lot of people. Like in the last, in the last few months, we've added like 10 plus people. I mean, it's, it just never ends. But I mean, I, I always hear about that. These shortages of veterinary professionals, but you're right. It's like, you know, there's X amount of veterinary hospitals and every, every semester and every year you have so many people, where are they going? 
I don't know. I really don't know. And I think it's it's also taking, and you know, maybe for a good thing for in some respects that, you know, I know like a seven doctor practice that they are with those seven doctors, there are three full-time equivalent practice because people want to do other things. They want to, you know, work a couple days here. And, you know, with COVID, you know, a lot of these, they've got childcare issues too. It's like, I, you know, my kids aren't in school, so I can't be three places at once. And so they've got to change some things. And I think that might be a huge driver of it too. And it's just, it's stressful. One, this might be a little bit more of a rabbit hole, but just the whole COVID thing as far as where are people going. And one thing that in our industry, I don't know if anybody shared this with you before, but just kind of the realities of, well, at Whisker Cloud, you guys are a tight team. You used to work together and have fun and be really collaborative. And in a veterinary clinic, you know, I can't not be a few inches away from my coworkers when we're getting a blood sample or we're intubating a cat or we're doing surgery and, and handing stuff back and forth and, and, you know, tight, we're solving problems together. We're saving lives. We're changing people's lives that are our clients by how we help them. And then, um, you know, come March last year, the world tells you that everybody around you is dangerous to you and they probably think you're dangerous to them too. And so, you know, and initially, you know, the masks were not a good thing and then they turned into a good thing. And, but just that unconscious or conscious, I have to watch out for these people. It just, you know, in the back of your head because you're breathing around them and then you're going home to your loved ones is stuck in your head that that puts a huge pressure on a close knit workforce and it just messes with everybody's everybody's minds a little bit. And I think that's one reason where there's just been so much reshuffling is because people are, you know, kind of taking a second look at their coworker situation and being either being afraid, not knowing what they're supposed to do, how they're supposed to work, but it just changed everything. And I'm looking forward to that not happening as much anymore. And it's not, we're, we're figuring out how to do it, but, but it shuffled a lot of stuff around. You know, it's funny about that too. It's like, and we're struggling with that too. We just had a couple smaller teams get together and, and we're kind of working on that. Cause we, I mean, it's funny. I haven't met half of my employees <laughs> in person. No, not everyone's in California, but that's weird. And, and one of my top level employees, she had told me about the sushi place. So last Friday night, my wife and I go and we're walking out of like, we just did pickup and we're walking out and there she is. And I like looked at her and she was like, are you? my boss. I was like, am I your wow. boss? And it was like, we're all wearing masks. Everything's uh, weird. And then like, you know, she was with her boyfriend and like, she went up to like shake my hand. And I was like, so I awkwardly mm, like, yeah, it was like, here, bump my, bump my elbow. Like I had realized <laughs> I have no idea what to do. Yeah. Whereas like in the past, you know, this we're like normal. at conferences, handshaking, hugging people. And I, I, I realized like, okay, this, and we got in the car. I said to my wife, like that shows you how little we've been in public that like she you know, was like, oh my God, I can't believe we're finally meeting. And I awkwardly was like, here, touch your elbow to mine, please. Isn't it just weird? It's we so weird. Now. It's odd. And, you know, now I, I, you know, we have a lot of young people too. We have these young designers and young coders and whatnot. And it's like, I think for them, they struggle with it more than I do because I still know our leadership team. And I, I've still met a good chunk of people here, but, you know, we have a lot of people, some people right out of school. And I think for them, they, they've built up this idea of what it's like to work at a cool tech company like Wister Club. Now we had a great office with an ocean view mm -hmm. and 
surrounded by restaurants down here in Southern California. And we had all these great things and we used to, you know, play music. We had a little, a little basketball hoop and we, yeah, we had a good time and we had food and we had, you know, coffee bar and all this stuff. And, and now it's been gone. And I, yeah, I mean, I think, you know, they get out of school and they're like, this is going to be cool. I'm with this awesome company. I design cool things. And I look at pictures of cats and dogs all day. And then it's like, you know, nope, here, <laughs> expect a package from Apple. And like we had someone start, someone start Monday this week. We have someone starting Monday next week and then someone starting the following Monday. And it's like, yeah, hey, a box is arriving. That box will have a computer, a monitor, a mouse, some cords, a whisker cloud shirt, mug. Whereas like in the past on their first day, be like, let's go get lunch. Let's go have yeah. a nice day. You get to pick out your, your color of your whisker cloud shirt and mug. And yeah, now it's just like, here's your box. Welcome to whisker cloud. Best of luck. <sighs> yeah yeah it's different uh people are getting stuff done though it's amazing we use a lot of software for productivity and stuff but yeah i mean it's tough and we still you know it's we're we're just like the vets you know you guys are you're all finding a way to do it with curbside and distancing and all that and we had to figure out a way to do this and and manage it where we don't get together in person and i'll you know and and everyone and my wife who works from home right now as well she hears me it's like it'll be two in the afternoon and I'll get the 20th Slack message today. Do you have a second to zoom? And I'm always like, what? I don't want to be on zoom for the 20th time. I get 500 slacks. Everyone's like, do you have a minute? Whereas like people used to just stop by my office and be like, Hey, yeah. real quick. It's like, what's up now? It's like, hold on. Let me log into zoom. Let me brush my hair and beard. Like, let's go. <laughs> uh. So, so yeah, I don't get a lot of days, you know, like today you saw me, I'm wearing like a button up Marvel shirt, you know, I'm like, you know, but it's also, you know, we don't really dress up a lot, but it's been odd, but you know, it's like, we're talking about the people and you brought up what your favorite thing about vet med was the mm. people. And I think that's yeah. why we're all here, but talk to me about it. What makes the people in vet med so great? It's, you know, and everyone knows what makes everyone great. You take care of our animals. Yeah. And it's, I think I like the. I mean, we're, we love the animals too, but, um, that's kind of a given, but the sort of the three, three C's, the clients, the colleagues, and, uh, oh my gosh, what's the third C Adam? Oh, and our coworkers, clients, of course, yeah, we've been talking about them. Yeah. So I'm a people person. And so it just fascinates me to meet new people and see what makes them tick and see if there's a way that I can be part of that a little bit. And so if it's with a pet, it's like, what are your, how's this pet interact with you and your family? And for in, in my career, it's just all cats. And you know, what brings you here today? So we can be a, a problem solver for that with our clients. Colleagues, it's just fun to collaborate and, and problem solve with our, you know, these, these professionals that we've come in contact with. And I'll just give you a quick, quick brief story on that ties up with that that just happened actually yesterday. So I've got, we do, we have a lot of uh, students that come through our clinic. The one that I have now is actually a, a virtual student. She'll be in the clinic next week, but she's doing some moving stuff. But we had this case of, you know, these people had gotten this cat from, you know, some parking lot or Craigslist or something a few months ago, and it's a few years old. And they were told, you know, yeah, when they hand, did the handoff, it's got all its vaccines, it's been spayed, this and that. And they come to me yesterday and said, this cat is driving us batty. She's just like rubbing up against us. She's yowling all the time. She's doing all this stuff. And it's like, 
yeah, well, they said she's spayed, but you know, we'll shave her belly. And it's like, eh, I don't really think there's a space <laughs> scar there, but it's kind of hard to tell because she was an outdoor cat. And, you know, there's just some like scars and stuff in there anyway. So it's like, okay, how are we going to, how are we going to figure out if we want to do something invasive and open this cat up and look for ovaries and uterus? Can we find that out a little bit more ahead of time? And so I started talking with this student as far as what's the latest that you've heard. And she's telling me about all these hormone levels and things like that, that we can order from blood tests. And it's like, well, let's look those up. And okay, it'd be cheaper for me to just go in and look around than to order this special hormone blood test. And it would take a couple of weeks to get back. So let's not do that. And it's like, well, I remember you know, back with working with dogs, you know, a million years ago and this and that, I, what I do is I just get a sterile swab and we do a vaginal cytology and we'd look at the different shapes of the cells. And it's like, but in 30 years, I've never done that on a cat, you know, who does that on a cat, but Hey, it should work. So I had a student gosh, four years ago that, that came through the clinic and now he's become a theriogenology resident. So, and I keep in contact with these students as much as I can. And so it's like, I've got him, I've got his, his cell phone number. So it's like giving him a call and he's like, well, I don't know. We don't really do that with cats, but it should work. Give it a try. And so we get a swab, we get, you know, perfect cells to tell us that, yes, this cat there's no way these cells can look like this except for she's still got her ovaries. So we're going to schedule a spay. So it's just getting those different people together that have been your life to work together. And he had a blast doing it because it's like, yeah, show me the pictures when you're done. And so, so I posted about these cells that we saw and it's just one little itty bitty thing that I think we all like to get jazzed about as practitioners to, to work with, with our colleagues and solve problems. And then the, the coworker part for me, the, I have one one staff member that is a technician and we've been working together for 28 years. That's longer than I've had this particular clinic. And so just the bonds and the changes that you see over time like that are fantastic. The biggest turnover we have in staff is when we've had college students come in and then they get into vet school and they leave. And some of those are still my best friends to this day. <laughs> one, one other story with a, a, one of my best friends, her name's Kirsten Rongren. And she she's the daughter of a vet school classmate of mine. And that, that classmate calls me up one summer and says, my my daughter's, you know, just got into vet school and she's driving me crazy. Can you can you take her for the summer and and teach her some stuff it's like oh man i want i don't want to babysit and but we said yeah she can come over she can uh she can work at my clinic this summer and she was and she knows that i I would say this about her she was horrible with cats she was scared to death of cats she was like would not he's just scared of them and would not go handle them we had a lot of work to get her to to kind of get that that learning curve up and going and Long story, long, long story, a little bit shorter is that by the time that she was done with vet school, I hired her as a new grad associate and she's been one of the best veterinarians as far as communication and being in in exam rooms with people that I've ever, ever worked with. And, And then she left town for a man, you know, that how that story goes, but she's, uh, she's just killing it on, uh, social media now as vet redefined and we're still just fantastic friends we probably text or call each other once a week or every other week even though she's now in england so just keeping those ties together is just so fantastic for me and it's what what keeps me going 
I love that story. And I'm and I'm a man who left town for a woman. We started Whisker Cloud in Denver and my wife was like, let's go back to Southern California. And I was like, okay, it's really it's really not hard to talk anyone into moving here. Seriously. But I mean, that story, I mean, as you were talking about it, my brain was like, isn't this how vet med should be? It's like mm. the, the previous generations and, and as people within families go to vet school and then they, you know, they make connections. I mean, that's how the, the tech world is. I mean, you know, everything yeah. in tech is sort of who, you know, and I, I got lucky grow. I was born and raised in Vegas, went to UNLV. And then when it was time for me to be in charge of digital analytics and, you know, and some of that stuff for lasvegas.com and the city of Las Vegas, it was like, well, everyone knows me because I grew up go. here. I, I went to UNLV. A lot of my professors knew a lot of people at the city of Las Vegas and it was just easy. So, yeah, I mean, that's how that seems like like that story about you guys becoming friends. And even the story, I mean, the story you were just talking about, about the spay with the cat. I mean, my brain, of course, I'm like, how the hell would you know if a cat was spayed? That's really weird. We deal with the craziest stuff. We dealt with something this morning that was like so out of bounds for us. And we, ended, you know, uh, like, you know, there's all these like memes online, like what, you know, what people think coders do and what they mm, actually mm -hmm. do. It's like they go to GitHub and just search like crazy <laughs> stuff. And that's what we do. We search something really crazy. It led us down this rabbit hole on this forum that was 11 years old. We looked at the code. It didn't work. We updated it in today's code. It didn't work. I said, well, let's try this and this. And it freaking worked. And it was so awesome. stupid. It's not. Yeah. It, you know, it wasn't like. We, again, it was something that happened to someone so a decade ago. And we were like, well, maybe this can be a clue for us. So that was uh, so that was cool. And I and like I said, I just think it's cool. This, uh, you know, hearing you talk about all that stuff. I think I hear so much of the negative side of vet med that I, I really appreciated you just telling that story and hearing some of the positive stuff, because I think that's I, I just think that's so freaking important. Yeah, there is a ton of positive stuff going around out there. And I think it for me, it all has come from connections with people. And, you know, like you just said, you had Caitlin on and and she's one that we just kind of happenstance connected with. And, and I'm nosy. And so I like to, you know, it's like, I don't know this person. Let's go. I'm going to go talk to them. And this was back when we could meet in person. It's, it's certainly going to happen now um, on social media and stuff. But, but just getting to know people that way and we start talking and, as we become friends and we learn more about each other, this is in any aspect of life, then you realize, oh, we might be able to, you know, work together and do stuff sometime. And, and, and then that teamwork blossoms into some awesome stuff that neither of us could do, do together. And that's part of, you know, we, we haven't talked about yet, if it's okay, if I change the subject onto Marvel, I know you won't mind talking about Marvel, but you know, Hey, my Instagram handle being a superhero quote, I think Mr. Incredible and the Hulk are pretty similar, right? As far as super strong. Well, uh, Bruce uh, Banner's a lot smarter than Mr. Incredible, I think. But as far as still, you know, gentle, but want to want to get out there and and just try to fix things. And I think Mr. Incredible's maybe better at at, at teamwork than uh, than the Hulk. But <laughs> but uh, <laughs> it's fun to have those those connections too. And it seems like you get to know people through, through that type of stuff too. And those, those superhero characteristics and learning people's origin stories and that kind of stuff, which I think is really cool. Yeah. And you know, and I, I haven't been bashful about why I love the Hulk. I was, you yeah. know, I'm a smart guy and I had a, I had an incredibly abusive father and you know, I, I was reading comics when I was young. I always found it ironic, even when I was young, 
that this incredibly abusive guy is buying me Hulk comics about an incredibly abusive father who's leading to this thing. And uh, so I, uh, and I've just, you know, Bruce Banner has always just been my, you know, and there's times where whether you run a vet hospital, whether, you know, whether you run a company, you know, I don't, I'm not punching walls and breaking things, but there's times where you have to mentally really push through some hard stuff and some hard days and some big decisions. And, you know, I've always had that ability to just say, you know what I can. And honestly, I was in the theaters watching the first Avengers movie and, you know, there's Mark Ruffalo walking, you know, walking towards this, uh, Jatari weapon and, and Captain America says, Dr. Banner, now might be a really good time to get angry. And he looks at me and says, that's my secret cap. I'm always angry. And and it's funny. It's like, you know, I, I think at work, I'm so calm all the time, but my wife, my wife tells everyone, she's like, he's like the happiest, nicest guy. But you know, that's, there's always like that underlying intensity. That's just like, if I need to turn it on, it's on instantly. There's no, there's not a ramp up period. I, I it's all a mental thing for me. So yeah. I, and I, and you know, you had written, it might get weird, and it's a superhero quote. And, you know, everyone out there listening, go follow him. It's at it.might.get.weird. That's from Incredibles 2. Yeah. Um, does he say shut up? It might get weird. I don't think it's shut up first, or, but no, he's. suit up. He says suit yeah, up. Suit up. Says, suit, suit up. up. It might of course. Get weird. That's, right. That's right. Yeah. And, and it fits with vet med, right? I mean, every day, every new appointment, the exam room, it's like, okay, we're, it's going to get weird. Let's just be ready and let's go towards it as opposed to, you know, when that, when that we're fortunate that we have people that when that cat's guts are hanging out because it just got, you know, tossed around by a fan belt that people will go in like, let me add it. I'll fix it. And that's who we are as veterinarians, but everyone is different and we're not trained for each situation we're going to encounter. We've got to figure it out as we go along. But yeah, Mr. Incredible is, uh, the world's coming to a, you know, a big shitstorm. And so what does he do? He calls up his friend Frozone and says, you know, suit up, it might get weird. And then they just rush into it and deal with it. And, and that's every veterinarian I, I pretty much know and work with and people adjacent into in vet medicine as well, you know, like Danielle Lambert, she's never been scared to like take on the stuff that, that needs to be done and that other people are afraid to say. And, and, uh, and she does that so well. And she, she, makes huge connections and she brings people together. And, and so I was so thrilled to be able to meet that friend of yours. I know you guys are super, super close and through her meeting Jessica. Yeah. (laughs) And through her meeting Jessica Vogelsang, who's just such a tremendous person. um, Wouldn't it be one of the things that, that, you know, I hope leaves my legacy is that there's some people that are 28 now that when I'm, long gone that they'll say to somebody else it's like oh yeah gary he's the one that introduced me to so and so and so and so and the and things happen because of those connections that would be the legacy that i would love to have and and you know and it's people like um proud would would somebody be if they were the person that introduced you know jessica and danielle and that kind of stuff to and the things that they've been able to do together those are the things that get me jazzed and I could talk about that stuff all day, but, but I'll, I'll shut up now on that because it'll go on too long. I want to hear about your cat class. Oh. You started a cat class and I want everyone to hear yeah. what you did. That can be the slight marketing and tech link for there <laughs> we go. go with your podcast. But uh, that was such a cool thing. Um, last March, as everything's shutting down, I uh, had a, a vet student, 
uh, Grace, who it was going to be her last rotation and she was going to come to Island Cats and before graduation have, have a month at Island Cats. And it's like, well, that's not happening. And so, so I talked to her about, can we maybe just get together for an hour? We'll have a phone call or a, a FaceTime or something. And we'll talk about, you know, common cat cases. We'll talk about other stuff and things to do with, you know, becoming a practitioner, starting as a new grad and all that kind of stuff. And, and she's like, sure, that'll be okay. And so we uh, contacted Washington State University say, is this going to be okay? Is she still going to get credit? You know, little did we know at that time that they just said, you guys are on your own. <laughs> We're going to give you your diploma <laughs> no matter what you do from here on out. But I was worried that she, you know, she was, I was supposed to be her, you know, last sort of thing to check off the list to get her diploma. And I wanted to make sure that she had some education. So they're like, that's awesome. Well, can we tell other students? <laughs> so sure, that doesn't bother me. And I had some some friends on you know social media. One that helped a lot. I don't know if you know Mariah McCauley, who does that Bet Life podcast. And I'd met her, and so I was talking with her and say, "Can you you know kind of get the word out for other people and 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 others?" And so we started just sharing that word and talking to some other connections I had at other universities, and we started. And I'd never had a Zoom account, so I signed up for a Zoom account, and then it wasn't big enough, so we got WSU Zoom account. And within two weeks, we had we were doing daily classes, and we were having up to 200 students and new grads from six continents that were logging in. I didn't know what the hell I was doing, but I. <laughs> I love it. The beauty about it, though, was is that because I'd been nosy, and because I'd made connections, and because there's literally probably 20 different veterinarians that I would just call in or text and check in with over the last few years, uh, you know, every couple of weeks, once a month, you know, how you doing? Like people like Caitlin and stuff like that. After I meet them that I could call Andy Rourke, I could call Dave Nickel, I could call uh, Jessica Vogel saying so many others that I, I think we had over 20 guest lectures that, you know, specialists, dermatologists. Well, you've had Ashley. She was she was a cat class teacher. Amy Thompson up in Canada is a dentist. We had a couple dentists, neurologists. And so we, from then till July, we put together probably 50 plus hours of content. We've got them all saved on a Google Drive somewhere with all these guest speakers. And then people started getting jobs and, you know, other schools started ramping up their content and, and programs and stuff like that. But I think it was, it was a really cool community. We worked with Tanasia Crocker was on there a lot, and we talked about mentoring quite a bit. And it was just really, really a special time that everybody could kind of have this, you know, 11 o'clock, we're going to get together and we're going to say hi to each other and we're going to talk about cat cases and other stuff that comes up and then we'll do it again tomorrow. And it was, it was, it was really, really cool. You know, it's like that what you just talked about is what veterinary medicine needs more of, right? It's like, let's use the technology we have. Let's have the experts and and let's do more of this stuff. I mean, that's this is why we started the Whisker Talks podcast. Mm -hmm. We're, we're going to start doing more webinars and stuff. But yeah, I mean, it's like, guess what? We're all trapped at home anyway. We may as well continue education and and continue learning and doing these innovative things. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm hoping we can have like a cat class reunion at one of the live conferences at some point and kind of um, have everybody in a, you know, uh, happy hour together. I'll buy everybody a drink. <laughs> That'd be fun. What if you get all 200 from six? I'll continents? still do That's it. That'd be awesome. Drink. All right. So the I, I assume the only continent that wasn't there was Antarctica. Yep. All right. 
<laughs> you know, well, you never know. <laughs> we yeah, we didn't. We tried. We uh, didn't have anybody down there that wanted to learn about cats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, that is. I needed us to have an episode like this. The last, the last few we've recorded have just been. You know, we talk a lot about the. You know, the grind of vet med, but this was, you know, I, I'm really appreciative that you talked about the connections and, and all of this awesome stuff, because, you know, I, I think there's so many positive things about this industry and about the people in it. And that's why I get I get truly frustrated, you know, as Mark Ruffalo said, that's my secret cap. I mean, I'll, I'll be <laughs> sitting there eating di- dinner, eating a popsicle for dessert on the couch, and I'm scrolling Facebook, and, you know, one of these posts come up, and, you know, you just see such toxic stuff, and you're like, mm. come on, people, don't do this, and don't do it publicly, and don't, all you're doing is throwing more logs in the fire here. Yeah. Stop doing it. Be the voice of reason, but there's too many of those you know, even in Danielle's group. And, you know, I know I half of those people are Whisker Cloud customers. And it's like, why are we doing this? Come on, we got to, you know, it's on us to make it better. That's why I stay on Instagram. <laughs> I, I can only do <laughs> one thing like, at a time. And it's just like Instagram's nice pictures. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Well, I am so appreciative that you stopped by today. And, you know, like I said, you and I, you know, sort of talked on Instagram and now I'm going to be sending you an email for some Kawhi tips. And there you go. I hope I'm looking forward to meeting you in person and yeah, man, thank you so much. And, you know, everyone out there, go follow him on uh, Instagram. It.might.get.weird. There you go. Make it weird. And, um, you know, make sure you subscribe and share the Whisker Talks podcast. Tell your friends, you know, pretty much every single person Gary talked about today has been on this podcast. Right. So you'll hear Jessica and Danielle and Tanasia and Ashley and even some of the other people you mentioned have Whisker Cloud sites. So I still need to meet Adam, but. Well, Adam Chrisman, I haven't met him yet, but yeah. also Cody Creelman. I need to meet him in person sometime. I think that'd be fun. Hold on. You just you just literally did one of the funniest things I've ever seen on Instagram. You've never really met him like in per- no. what have you met him on like Zoom? No. I mean, I've 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 seen his content, but I just I thought that'd be funny. Uh, but I'd like to meet him sometime. <laughs> If you don't know what we're talking about, it's too late. You might not get it. It's, it's you'd have to be quite. You'd have to be pretty deep into vet med Instagram to know what happened. But like my wife even knew what was going on. But yeah, that is, uh, man. Yeah, Cody's great. Someday. I talked to him yesterday. Yeah, I talked to him yesterday. I mean, you know, and and Fenvet is in the middle of their soft launch. Oh, it's a big deal going on. Yeah. Yeah. Well, on their new site, Fenvet.com, we have like a soft page up right now. But I mean, we're still working with them on some custom stuff. That site's going to be out of this world. So can't wait. That's awesome, man. Well, I'm glad we got to meet. We'll uh, we'll keep talking and uh, get some Kawhi tips and and uh, please keep in touch and we'll talk soon. This has been a ton of fun. I really really appreciate you asking me on. Oh, thank you and. Uh, have a good rest of your day. Thank you, Adam. 